Welcome to today's episode of Purpose to Performance, brought to you by Magic Mind, the new plant-based productivity shot that helps you do more and stress less. Today, I'm delighted to welcome on the pod special guest, Ed Ewer, the founder and CEO of SYR, the Global Marine Recruitment Agency. Welcome, Ed. Good morning. Oh, afternoon, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's going that fast, is it? It is, it is. It's been a, yeah. Uh, been a busy day. <laughs> Great. Okay. Well, I'll just I'll get, introduce you, Ed, and then we'll, we'll jump into the conversation. As I said, Ed is the founder and CEO of, of SYR, a dynamic uh, and innovative startup that is disrupting the super yacht recruitment sector. Ed grew up in the south of England, attended Winchester University, where he studied business management. Started out in car sales before moving into the nautical sector, joining marine resources recruitment as a recruiter specialising in boat building and super yacht markets. Having gained experience and build up, building a network of industry contacts and establishing a reputation who knows where and how to find talent in the industry, Ed founded SYR in February 21. So that's what, just 18 months ago. Yeah. And today, based in Winchester, SYR has got a team of six specialised recruiters, ex- servicing the recruitment needs of the leading companies in the super yachting industry across Europe and the USA. That just about do it justice there? Yeah, I'd say that's a fair fair overview. Pricey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And just as a sort of further context, you and I, whilst we both worked in the super yacht industry, I don't think we met whilst I was in it. And then once I'd escaped, you, uh, you, you tried to tempt me back, trying to fill an executive role for a, a yacht management company, uh, and I didn't take the job in the end, but you did engage me as a business coach. So uh, I guess one of us got something out of it. Um, so today we're going to talk about about your experience of of business coaching, uh, as well as looking at you know the rapid growth of of SYR from startup into you know a, a well established and thriving company in in a pretty short space of time. Particularly mm. considering that you you launched it just in uh, in COVID, yeah, or coming into COVID. Yeah, just as there. Uh, what was that lockdown? Lockdown three for us in the UK, I think it was. Three, four, five, ten, one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, what what was your motivation for for starting your own company then? Um, I think for me it was. I, I guess I was working for someone, and I had a lot of ideas. Uh, and within that, I think a lot of my ideas were either quite quickly pushed aside. Um, uh, and I think at the same time, the, the kind of the monotony of, of kind of nine to five hour, hour long lunch breaks and having to be sat at a desk constantly kind of aware of what's going on over your shoulder and all that kind of thing. That just, that, that was, that was never really for me, I don't think. Um, I think I've always been quite an active person, quite an outdoorsy person, and and someone who, being very brutally honest, doesn't do overly well when it comes to being given orders. Uh, so I, yeah, it's it's an idea that became festering for maybe two or three years before I actually did it, and I'd ummed and ahed, and I'd been through the process of going actually setting my own thing time and time again, but like every time I chicken out, or there was it was the wrong time because we just moved house or we had our daughter or 
or, or it was raining that day or something. There was always an excuse as to why I, I didn't do it. Um, so yeah, it was yeah, the ultimate motivation was just, I think my wife was sick of hearing me talk about doing it and not doing it. And she said, right, just bloody do it or don't. And so I was like, okay, fine, I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask, you know, how, how did you, how did you know it was the right time? But it was just that sort of build up of, of not being fulfilled in in your current role and and having all these uh, yeah ideas that you wanted to pursue but you needed a a nudge to to, to convince mm. you to take that first step yeah and i i think i think being furloughed as well um i think that kind of gave me a lot more time well it gave me a lot of time to to think and plan and yeah for that idea to kind of keep on kind of growing and growing and growing um so so yeah i i, I think lockdown really lockdowns and, and furlough really kind of helped me to to kind of commit and i kind of figure well look if i'm only earning a fraction of what i used to earn on the furlough scheme i may as well earn nothing and create my own my own empire my own business mm-hmm. so what then was the biggest challenge? You said you'd had a long time for planning. You know, presumably you sort of de- developed these business plans. But you know, what was the, what was the biggest challenge of bringing that into fruition and making it happen? Uh, I think the biggest challenge for me is I'm I'm very much my I guess throughout my career I've always been very much the the kind of the, the seller, and it was all of the back the back office stuff, all of the preparation, the designing a website the choosing a database and a crm the uh the marketing the kind of everything about the accounting learning how to do accounting learning how to send an invoice like all of that is stuff i've never had to do and never really wanted to do so i guess kind of the challenges of actually understanding quite how much is involved in running your own business that was that was that the biggest challenge for me actually realizing i can't just sell day in day out I've got to, I've actually got a, a probably 70% of my time is actually going to be spent doing things which I don't want to do. Um, so yeah, bit, uh, that, was, that was a big challenge or a big realisation quite early on. Yeah. And and how, once you stepped into that challenge, how did you resolve it? Because, you, you know, you've got this, as you say, you know, you're, you're such a natural people person, a seller, mm. you know, you, you can go out there and, and make it rain. But how did mm. you meet those challenges of the broader aspects of running a a, a business? I guess I, I had to. It was the, the, there wasn't really a choice for the, for the business to succeed and grow. I had to to fulfil those four, five, six separate duties that kind of come under the umbrella of being a business owner. Because without them, we well, we can we can invoice and charge people money. We couldn't build our brand awareness. We couldn't. We couldn't actually have that paper trail um, in the in the instance that a client turns around and tries to and tr- tries to argue that we don't know the fee. So it's kind of it was all stuff. It's kind of recruitment has a process, and it depends on where you work or what your company's like as to how detailed or not that process is. But there's, I guess, there are non-negotiables. There are minimums that have to be have to be hit at the very least, and and, and otherwise, a business a recruitment company will never grow and succeed without it hmm. yeah i mean it's, it's a common theme that a lot of uh, people that i coach that are you know budding entrepreneurs one is 
you know, when's the right time? You know, and there's always more planning and more not you can do, more knowledge you can accumulate, and more context you can establish. But so it's it's, it's taking that, knowing when to take that first step, uh, and the other is building the rest of the business and, and understanding how you, you you manage all those other functions, which are not your natural function now, because most people have a skill, have an interest, have an idea, and, and that's what they're good at. That's their passion. Mm. But the rest of running a business, as you say, is not not you know necessarily something that you enjoy or indeed trained in so wh- where did you go to 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 acquire that knowledge and and, and how far did you want how to what extent did you have it when you started or versus learning on the job oh when, when i started I, I i knew nothing i mean my, my my wife runs her own business she has done for seven and a half years now um so i've kind of picked up bits and pieces um from her as to kind of the background preparation you need to do and almost kind of having having all your ducks in a row before you before you press press the button or something um but yeah i mean outside of that i've got a very good accountant who taught me kind of all the accounting stuff all of the, the use of the softwares and expenses and all that kind of thing um and i, I then bought in a, an operations manager um quite early um because actually my my third hire was was a non-sales individual um because I knew that it was going to, I, I knew that it was going to take off, and so we, I, I needed to bring in someone to kind of do all the bits that I didn't or couldn't. Um, so Dave, Dave, my operations manager, has been a pretty solid, independent member of the team. And as we grow and get bigger, he gets more and more involved. He does my HR, he does operations, he does finance, accounting, uh, IT, kind of anything that's not sales, basically. Um, mm. So yeah, without, yeah, without him, I'd be a bit stuck. <laughs> Again, it's a, it's a, it's a common theme that I discuss a lot with with other entrepreneurs is one of the, the importance of learning the things that you're not good at, and you know what you're trying to you know running a business, you need a a toolbox with all the tools in, and it, it and it's no good having 17 screwdrivers if you haven't got a hammer. Mm. Um, and, and you know some people struggle with that because they want to control everything and do everything, but it actually holds the business back because you know that's not their strength. And there's other people that can do things better, faster, more efficiently. Yeah, and and where they are, the, the entrepreneur has most value is on their you know their core skill set as well as leading overall business and and the strategy piece. But actually leveraging their core skill certainly in the early days to gain yeah. that momentum for the business. Yeah, agreed. I think I'm very much uh, surround yourself with people who know who are better at what aspects of what your business does than you are, rather than trying to be that that individual who who kind of tries to try to lead, lead everything. I think that's kind of where where me and me and my old boss fell out is that I think he tried he wanted to be across everything and the authority and everything. And yeah, and you can see where that held held him back. Um, whereas yeah, I, I'm very much, I've got those different people who are experts in those different areas to really deep dive into them. And then my role is is, is much faster, becoming more of a, a coordinator from a higher level. Yeah. So eighteen months in, how how's the business doing? Uh, how's the business doing? We are. Seven, seven people at the moment or seven, seven people as of next week um, so yeah we've grown from just me to seven so that's six recruiters uh, and one operations um, we've 
surpassed every single target that I've set myself in the business um, up to this point. Uh, we've worked in every continent now, I think, in some capacity. Uh, and, and that's actually all the way from, from kind of a shop floor carpenter all the way through to an executive. Um, so we, we've built a very broad, uh, a, a very broad kind of brand. Um, but within our, our, our very specific niche of shoreside luxury yachting. Um, so it's, it's very much a case now of our, our, our logo and, and myself and fast becoming my team, uh, are becoming much, uh, well, pretty well known as, the go-to brand within our particular space um and, and and that i guess was the initial one sort of first second third year goal was to to kind of really be a very a, a brand that everyone was very very aware of um mainly through some fairly fairly intense social media uh output mm. um, yeah it's been it's been uh watching it as, a, as an interested party, you know, sort of involved in, in, in some way. It's been a, a, a great uh, great story to follow. And uh, certainly the brand now there out there in, in the super industry is, uh, yeah, I think un- unrivaled in terms of, you know, the service the services that you, that you offer. So just switching tack a little bit then. So where did hiring a business coach come in and, and what was your motivation or what prompted you to to uh, to do that um in, in, in the very early days there was potentially going to be a business partner for me um he was or is about 15 years older than me he's had his own business before um he's ended up he's been in recruitment a long time and he's 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 kind of worked with business coaches in the past um and I'd, i i knew that i didn't have the skills and and the overall kind of ability to to set something up and grow it purely based on my my own knowledge and, and that of sort of close family and friends. Um, so we spoke with with various people. I kind of I think I probably spoke with about fifteen business coaches over the course of a couple of months, uh, ranging from kind of out of industry um, recruitment spe- recruitment specific, luxury industry specific, um, scale and sell type guys. Um, it was all very, very different. Um, and it ranged from the kind of people who will give you an hour a month and they'll charge you thousands. Uh, and they'll want a, a share of your business through to, yeah, through, through to others who are kind of much more kind of, it's a much more open relationship, a bit more involving. Um, and, I, and I, yeah, which I think ultimately for me was, was kind of the route I preferred was a, a kind of a more involving, a less, a less intense business coach because so many of them now nowadays uh, they'll tie in some kind of performance based element to their contract. Um, all they want to do is just get your revenues and your profits from zero to hero as quickly as I can. So you you were quite clear on what it was you wanted, and you did a, by the sounds of it a fair amount of due diligence and and, and made your choice. Yeah. So where has it helped you most? Uh, I think working with a business coach has helped pull me back from spending too much money, <laughs> try, try, trying to expand to too many too many areas too quickly, um, and yeah, to kind of really kind of focus and exceed in in a smaller number of areas. So we're probably ultimately growing in a much more constructive way because actually the processes 
and we're putting in place and the processes that we're following are allowing us to be a lot more effective in in a certain number of areas. So it's very much more into one area, conquer it, expand into the next one, conquer that, expand into the next one. Um, and I completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> Well, you, you, you know, the, the question was, you know, where where's it helped most? And you, you said, it, yeah. you know, it, it helped you. I think what my what my interpretation was, was focus and you know challenge and validate you, the, the 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 strategy and the thinking about mm. what's the most important thing. What, what, how do you want to approach this? Mm. Um, so yeah, partly a sort of thinking body sounding board um, in terms of the tra- the strategy. Mm. Other areas. I, I yeah I I think I think as well you there's certainly been elements of leading me to rather than kind of telling me what the best outcome of the situation is or potentially the outcome I should follow it's kind of more leading me to actually engage my brain in in a way that will kind of um, lead me to lead well, so I could lead myself to the right answer as such um, so my my kind of way of general and critical thinking has has come on leaps and bounds in the last 18 months it's been it's been it's been crazy the way i i approach both professional and non-professional situations um versus how i used to um but yeah i certainly apply a lot more logic and um yeah i think i weigh things up a lot more than than the knee-jerk way i used to approach life and i, I do think a fair chunk of that is attributable to um to that business coaching and in terms of you know the the impact on your your leadership and how you've developed the team because obviously now this is significant business with a, with a strong team in there mm. how has it helped you in terms of 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 shaping you as the leader that you want to be i think it's helped a lot with with time management um prioritizing what things are most important uh whether actually a new idea is a worthwhile use of my time um uh yeah so so a kind of time management and planning i think it's really helped well yeah it's, it's something that's really kind of come on um and those are probably the, i guess those are probably the, the, the sort of the main ones for for me really mm-hmm. so if you were Advising a you know a fellow uh, business owner, somebody who was starting out, or uh, in in terms of what they what what coaching might do for them, and, and, and you know, whether you'd be an advocate for it. What 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 advice would you give them? Uh, I think my my advice to someone looking at business coaching is to certainly do your research, um, understand what it is your end goal is. Um, I mean, if you're, it's uh, Simon Sinek with his to kind of know your why, like know, know what you're, know why you're doing what you're doing, and find a business coach who will, who kind of embodies a lot more, a lot of those principles. Um, if you want to, if you want to build a business that's going to change the world, but not going to be, not going to be a, a massive money maker, then you don't want to work with one of these very aggressive, stack it high, sell it cheap. Kind of guys, you want to work with someone who's a much more relationship and emotional focused coach. Um, so yeah, do, do your research. Um, obviously, get to know that individual. 
uh, on kind of a, a, a personal and a professional level to actually make sure that you guys kind of gel. Um, and, and likewise, I think once you have selected someone, give it give it a good period of three to well, probably six months to actually kind of see see that the relationship is going in the direction you wanted to. And actually, it's, I'm sure nine, nine out of ten times it will. Um, but but I think that again, knee jerk reactions. I think are the are the, are the downfall of a lot of businesses and a lot of relationships. Um, so yeah, take take time to find someone, take time to get to know them, um, and only that yeah, I guess only then would you ever kind of re-review it and look to and look to start over. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd say I made a fairly a fairly good decision in who in who I who I wanted to go for in terms of my coaching. Good <laughs> music to my ears. <laughs> <laughs> Let me pause for a minute to tell you about our show sponsors, Magic Mind. Those of you who know me know that I'm a bit of a health and fitness freak and I take my daily exercise and diet pretty seriously. At the end of the day, I believe a healthy body equals a healthy mind. So if I'm going to perform at work, you know, I need to be in the right state. My one dietary weakness is that I tend to rely on coffee to get my energy and focus in the morning. So once I've done my daily exercise, I then have an espresso with my my breakfast. But then again, before I sit down at my desk, I usually have a second espresso to really get that, that energy. But it does come with a bit of a jittery buzz about it. And that's where the team at Magic Mind come in. They've developed a new plant based energy and mental acuity shot. And it's contains matcha from green tea so it has some caffeine in it but what you also get is the catchins which, which come in green tea which are, inhibit the abilities to the, the body's ability to absorb the caffeine so you get a slower absorption so you get all that energy but it's a slower release you don't get those jittery peaks so that helps me maintain my focus for longer and because I'm less jittery less buzzy I find that I focus better. I don't get distracted in, in a way that I do when I'm a little bit buzzed on the on the coffee. It's got a whole bunch of other nootropics and adaptogens which uh, help you, you know, reduce stress and anxiety and, and maintain your 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 energy and your equilibrium, your focus. So it it, it tastes pretty good. Uh, I've been drinking it now for ten days, and as I say, I really find that it is giving me a much more sustained and better mellow focus during the mornings so i love it um i recommend it to to my listeners try it out um see what you think i'd be interested to hear hear what you do think you know whether you like it whether it works for you the good news is that as a uh a listener of the show you can use my promo code so if you go to the magic mind website which is www dot magicmind.co and then use forward slash ptp and you will get 20% discount off your order there's also a promo code you can use which is ptp20 if you use that link and the promo code then if you subscribe in the next 10 days you'll get 40% off your subscription order so it's a great way to to try it out so there you go I recommend it. Let me know what you think. Let's get back to Ed. So switching back then to to uh, SYR, what what's what's next? What does the the strategy or the plan look like going forwards? Um, so the strategy for this year was 
uh, 100% growth in terms of uh, gross profit. Uh, we're currently, so what are we, seven months in, and we're near as damn it on target. We're about 1% over where we need to be. Um, so that was, yeah, that, that was kind of the main sort of what the, the, the financial strategy for that for this year was that. Um, the, t- the plan was to grow by two more recruiters, which as of next week we've done. Um, in fact, we're in by three, I think, actually. Um, on, top, on top of that, there were sort of various accounts that we wanted to grow, and all bar one of the seven we we set out to grow have grown. Um, the new ones are coming as well. Uh, and I think the only yeah, I think the only kind of kind of outstanding strategical goal we have for this year was to actually have a an in-house marketing department. Um, and I, I think, as, as you know from the discussions I've had with you, it's it's something I've been putting off and off and off, and and, and whether it will actually happen this year or not, I don't know because I'm actually quite enjoying it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, beyond 2022, uh, we we want to be a, well a million pound turnover business by the end of year three. Um, a team of twelve and yeah, a household name in the industry, so that no one needs to use any of our competitors. And and I I genuinely believe, and I think the team the team working with me at the moment believe that that, that is something that's very much achievable. And and I think there's an incredibly close relationship between the the current five of us um, that that I think is only going to keep on flourishing kind of towards that, that that end goal, that kind of that ultimate kind of disruption and change of an industry which has been stuck in its ways for thirty, forty, fifty years. Mm. Yeah, and uh, that's an interesting one because I, my brief stint, brief four years in, in the super industry, uh, you know, and I came to it first time in, in, in the sector, my background, travel, hospitality, entertainment and, and mm. larger, yeah, bigger industries. So I, I found it quite stifling, very small, uh, mm. very niche, relatively immature and, and wholly relationship based. So and I found it quite oh, yeah. difficult to, to affect change. But so, uh, how do you see the industry changing going forwards? If if I have anything to do with it, it will become a lot more open. Uh, obviously, you've got owners who who wish to keep the ins and outs of of their super yachts under wraps, um, but openness and openness between businesses, between employers within the, within the industry partnerships and support of each other towards an ultimate kind of end goal and 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 kind of i think if we work together a lot more as as, as a sector i think we can well we can bring around huge change both in terms of making the industry more more sustainable more diverse better equality um and just generally making it a, a more accessible industry to a lot more people because at the moment unless you're pretty pretty kind of elite within certain circles it's very 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 hard to work in nothing yeah i I absolutely echo that and i I think it is it is starting to change uh you know to to my uh my children now work in the industry and you know their friends are now aware of it whereas Mm. you know when i was earlier on in my career i had it was just not on my radar and as a potential career, a sector, or anything else, it was, 
super super niche and i guess you know some of the the media exposure that it's had um both you know in terms of tv reality shows and and also just the the fixation with what what's going on in the billionaires world and how they're moving around and how they're playing it, it's uh it, it has brought it to the fore uh, and I think it is a good thing because it, yeah, it, it's definitely bringing more professionalism, as you say, more transparency, uh, and, and therefore helping it develop. Um, yeah. what, what would you say the challenges for the industry? Obviously, there's been a, a whole series of endless, you know, volatility in the market. You know, Brexit, mm. COVID, wars, recession. Uh, mm. How's the industry faring through through that volatility? Um, I. I, I, I have to be corrected if I'm wrong, but I'm fairly confident in saying we've probably got one of the strongest order books in the history of the CPU industry. Um, most, most, you pretty much can't order, well, you can't receive or have delivery of a yacht over 30 meters for less, in, in less than about two and a half, three years at the moment. Um, the market's crazy. And, and obviously the recruitment market underneath that has, has kind of just flown as well. Um, so it's, it's very, very strong in terms of orders, um, which then creates a fantastic pipeline for the, for the OEMs, the designers, the naval architects, the, the, the tradesmen who build the yachts. Um, so that all, all of those kind of subsectors within yachting are very, very important. Um, the issue we now have is, is, is lack of supply, um, both in terms of materials and in terms of trained individuals. Um. There are simply not enough people for, for the, for the jobs. I mean, we've, we've gone from two, three years ago, you get three, four, five applicants for a position. Now it's one or two. It's, it's, it, it, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's very much a, a skills shortage, which is, which is only going to get worse as things like, like skilled trades become less and less appealing to the, to the, well, to, to, to Gen Z. I mean, they can be. They can earn three times as much as a carpenter doing coding or games or software or something like that. Um, so there's a huge, a huge shift or a huge need to shift coming up, going from a, a very, a very traditional, very hands-on world into a very digital, autonomous, potentially robotic, mechanical world. Um, I, I fully believe yachts will be built with with robots and machines within 10 years. So what's the short-term solution to that, that human resource challenge? Um, Cross-industry cross recruitment, um, motorsport, luxury automotive, high-end residential, uh, aerospace. I mean, there's, there's probably another 10 industries or sectors you could pull, you could pull experience and talent from. Um, and half those industries would probably teach yachting a whole heap of things about how you could design a yacht differently or how you could build a yacht differently or differences in finishes or or how to how to drastically reduce the time it takes to to build a particular yacht or a particular part of a yacht. Um, yeah, but there's there's huge amounts to be learned from other industry. We just need to well, the the industry needs to kind of put away its um it's obsession with everyone having to have grown up around boats to, to, to in order to be involved in it. Yeah, I was going to ask. I could I could absolutely see the parallels you're drawing in terms of the skills. It's it's the yeah. how do you then attract them in? You know what, what's in it for them? Um, you know, joining an industry where 
you know, unless you've you've been a captain and, and spent twenty years on in, in yachting, your uh, your opinion counts for little. Exactly. Interesting. Well, I, I usually finish up with some some lighter, quick fire questions, if that's uh, good for you. So, okay. uh, you know, just just looking at uh, getting SYR from from zero to where it is today. Which of your strengths has been most invaluable to you? Um, I think for me, it's it's going to be the fact that I I I'm not an aggressive salesperson. I'm I'm very much I'm a relationship builder. Um, I, I I kind of yeah my, my strengths in absorbing knowledge and using it to build relationships is, is how I've got to where I am. The fact that I can sit and talk to a designer about why they curved while they curved a particular window in a certain way or i can talk to an able architect about how much a, a yacht weighs or a, a laminator about something to do with laminating a boat it's kind of like I can, I can do all of that whilst kind of building a commercial a commercial outcome but in a very kind of not hidden way but in a, in a way that people don't feel like they're being sold to Mm-hmm. And, and I think in I think that works very very well because I think the, the the aggressive sales approach, which so many recruitment companies are known for, really does not work in in, in the luxury industry at all. Yeah, I mean, for, just from a business coach perspective, it's that you know spending that time connecting and really getting into the surface to understand the breadth and depth of the job and the culture of the organization and and the understand the real requirements of what it's what it's going to take to 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 really perform well in that role mm. must improve yeah you know, vastly the, the the chances of, of getting it right and the more times you get it right you know the more your reputation and your and your brand strength is going to grow so yeah, yeah that that similar to coaching you know if you just have a a standard methodology that you apply to every business that comes your way, mm. you know, you might you might win business, but you know how much your actual value you're going to deliver um, mm. specific to the to the individual, and therefore how strong your reputation is going to be on the back end uh, yeah. is uh, is limited. So yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah, so, we, uh, yeah we were. Okay, so, okay, so we, we could be we could be twice as big by now. Um, but the relationships we would have had, we would have burnt relationships, and uh, uh, the potential of, of, of kind of future business was just wouldn't be there. And I'm, I'm in this for the long game, and I, I know that ultimately, the the kind of levels of achievement, both financial and business achievement, will come, but they won't come at the cost of, yeah, I said, kind of burning relationships in the early days. Yeah. So next question, outside of family, which person has had the most significant impact on your life or, or, or influenced you? Um, that's a good question. Uh, and I don't, I, there's various people, I would say anyone in particular. Um, I think I like Richard Branson for the fact that he's always kind of been a say you can do it even if you can't and just learn and that that's that's very much me like i've i've kind of said look, i i I can help you fill this role i know nothing about whatever it is you do but by the time give give me a week or two and and i'll learn it so i think that kind of approach of kind of just just kind of go for it commit 
and learn later on. I think I've kind of picked that up from him. And I mean, there's kind of various kind of people, there's various bands over the years that I've kind of taken, taken kind of, um, kind of, I guess, kind of lyrics of songs and stuff that have inspired me and had impact on my life. Um, but yeah, I'd say Richard Branson, uh, Bradley Wiggins, Matt Middleton. Um, I guess kind of all in, in their own kind of separate ways. It's all kind of they've all kind of been through kind of levels of either elite sport or elite business achievement, uh, and and just kind of the way they've gone about it, the, the kind of drive and determination they've had, and the the resilience they've had to employ to to achieve what they have is is the kind of thing which, in my own sort of small way, I've uh, I kind of applied to myself as well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, when I think of those people, I, you know, I think of super strong belief and, and as you say, that ability to churn it out and, and develop resilience to keep going and keep finding the answers and keep growing. So, yeah, I, yeah. I relate to that. Um, and, and this is a question I've, I've stolen from one of my favourite podcasts, the High Performance Podcast. So I, I just love the question. So what are the non-negotiable behaviours that you and the people around you have to buy into? Funnily enough, I was listening to the High Performance Podcast yesterday. <laughs> uh, and who was, I, who was it with? It was with an American chap. Uh, oh, this is going to annoy me now. Um, his name was... It was Alan Stein Jr. Um, and, yeah, I was, I was listening to that and they were talking about non-negotiables and then I was sat there walking my dogs at whatever time it was in the morning and uh, sent, a, sent a message out to the team WhatsApp group. Um, what are your non-negotiables? Um, and it was interesting. Almost everyone was exactly the same. Um, and it's kind of similar to me in its humility, um, knowledge, um, just kind of constantly ensuring that you're developing your knowledge and using it to the best of to kind of best best effect um, and honesty, honesty and trust. Um, yeah, if, if any of my guys ever, I, I don't, I don't, I, I like to hope none of my guys will ever, and forgive the swearing, will ever bullshit any of our clients or our candidates. Um, and, and and I'd like to think that honesty will be repaid by by ongoing trust, ongoing respect, and, and long term relationships. Hmm. And final one, what, what, what's your passion outside of work? At the moment, there isn't a lot of outside of work. <laughs> it's, 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 it, yeah, work is relentless. I've got a three-year-old daughter. I've got two dogs. Uh, I, I, yeah, my, my day as I wake up, I have a cup of tea, feed my daughter breakfast, give my daughter a breakfast, drop into nursery, walk the dogs, and then basically work <laughs> till the end of the day. So if if I get a chance, I love my road cycling. I've got a couple of road bikes, so I, I go and do a bit of that. Um, sailing is has always been a passion. Um, so I get out sailing when I can. Um, yeah, I don't really have time for much else. Music, mm-hmm. all, all all the kind of fairly standard stuff, I guess. Well, spoken like a true entrepreneur, you know. Uh, <laughs> most people, I business owners that I work with, that, that are in that early phase of growing their business, they are very much dedicated to it and the, the balance piece is is making sure that the, the the family works but outside of that on an individual basis 
most things take care take a bit of a back seat for that it, certainly that initial growth period but uh, so i can you know yeah. i mean commend you for that the, the kind of the ultimate goal is to sometime around spring 2024 to take a bit of a probably a four to six week sabbatical um, and, and go go travelling. I mean, me, me, me and my wife also want to go to Australia and New Zealand. Um, so go and do that or, or possibly or also go out to the America's Cup in, in Barcelona as well. So, uh, yeah, kind of, it's, I'm all working towards that kind of that, 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 that break working where I can actually go and follow all my passions in about two and a half years' time. Excellent. Well, I wish you every success in that, um, and uh, we'll, we'll support you as as best I can in in, in that goal. Um, really appreciate you giving your time today and, uh, and and talking so candidly about the business and and uh, what it's taken to get it where it is. Um, <clears throat> so thank you, Ed, and to my listeners, thank thanks for tuning in. Uh, appreciate it if you like, subscribe, and uh, tell your friends about the pod. And I will see you next time. Thanks very much.